0: has been kind of flowing in terms of what we've been hearing and singing and even uh, what I have, what the Lord has laid on my heart to share with you this morning. You know, we're made for rest. And you can go to a Lazy Boy store and they'll show you how you're made for rest. They'll define it for you. How many of you ever sat in a real Lazy Boy chair? They're, They're just different. They're just, those people have figured out the way to be lazy in a chair. Like it just hugs you and you don't want to get out and it's good. But we've been made for rest. And I think even what we've, what our nation has gone through over the last four months or what the world has gone through in terms of this pandemic has forced rest on some of us. For some of us, we're a little busier, right? We're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. How many, how many of you, when this started you were, like, wiping down everything that came into your house. Remember, like, it was, it was on your shoes, so you had to get it off your shoes, and you had to wipe down all your groceries. Remember that? Right, so it was a little bit more work. But I think what it's caused us to do is to realize that there are some things we ought to do and have to do and some things we don't really have to do. And we have definitely slowed down. The global pandemic, and specifically the responses and the rules of governments, have forced rest on us, right? If you're from, is it 19 states now? There's 19 states that if you are from, travel from into New York State, you are mandated to have a 14-day rest, right? And so I think it's interesting because there's debates about, it got real quiet when I started talking about what the government is doing, because there's debates that abound about these rules, about this forced rest, about what we're being told to do, about these rules. Are they really necessary? Are they frivolous? How do we apply them? How do I find a loophole so they don't apply to me? Even morality is debated. If you don't wear a mask, you don't care about people and the people that are dying. If you do wear a mask or you tell someone to wear a mask, then you're a Nazi Who's trying to control everybody's lives? I mean, li- literally, like these things are thrown around. We are in the middle of this debate, this hot debate, and we've assigned so much to the rules around rest. But this is nothing new. I want to read a scripture this morning. I want to go to study a scripture this morning in Matthew chapter 12, where there's this debate with Jesus about an observance of the Sabbath. Two weeks ago, uh, Lori and I were gone last week on vacation. Thank you very much. I know Pastor Kent did a great job preaching here on Sunday. Make sure you let him know that. We we're able to listen to that because of technology. It was, it was good to be able to hear that. But I want to I kind of jump back in because we talked about finding our identity a couple weeks ago as the children of God, and, and Jesus invites us to know what that looks like. And then Pastor Kent talked about our identity in Christ and having our identity stolen. And how we won't let the enemy steal our identity. But I want to talk this morning about the very next scripture in Matthew chapter 12. We looked at 11 two weeks ago. We're going to look at 12 this morning. Because there's this debate about the Sabbath. Now, in case you don't know what the Sabbath is, the Sabbath is a practice of every seven days taking a rest. And so we have the word Sabbath. We have the word sabbatical. And it's based on, and we'll look at it in a little bit, on when God created the earth on the seventh day, he rested. And so, when we're talking about the Sabbath and we're talking about the the the, the debate about it with Jesus, we're talking about what is to, to us a Saturday. It's the seventh day of the week in the Jewish calendar. The first day of the week is Sunday. That's what we call the Lord's Day. That's the day we choose to celebrate and worship on. But in Jewish culture, you 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 rested on the Sabbath, which started at sundown on Friday and ends at sundown on Saturday. And so. What we have here in the Scripture, and we're going to read it, is this argument over the observance of the Sabbath. Now, before we get into the Scripture, I want to encourage you this morning. While we're reading and talking about it, don't place yourself into any camps. We are really good right now at placing ourselves into the camps. I'm conservative. I'm liberal. Make America great again. Black lives matter. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. I love my government. I hate my government. It's real easy to get kind of caught into finding yourself on one side of the story or the other. But I want to just stop for a minute. Let's go to the scripture, let's observe what's happening, and let's see what Jesus would say to us. So let's look at Matthew chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. And here's what it said. At about that time, Jesus, this is right after he invites people to rest, right at that time Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry, So they began breaking off some heads of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested. Look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to them, Haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and he and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. But you would have not condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy and not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Now, here's, we, we hear the, the Pharisees having a problem. We hear Jesus' response. But I want you to notice, because Jesus responds in the very next... Set of scriptures and goes and heals a man on Sabbath. And in verse 14, it says, The response of the Pharisees was this. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. All right, we're not just arguing about whether or not you should do something on Saturday, whether or not Chick fil A should be open on Sunday, whether or not you should be, you know, looking at grain or doing things. It's not about a bunch of rules for these people. This is literally about identity. And it, you cannot overestimate how important this debate was to the people that we're talking about why was it so important one man has said this for thousands of years the Jews have kept the Sabbath and yet the Sabbath has kept the Jews what that means is this that the observance of a Sabbath no matter where you are no matter what you're restricted to do you have a choice about having a day to observe, to worship the Lord. And so the Jewish people, all throughout history, even when they were in hiding, would hide and light candles and observe the Sabbath, have a day of worship unto the Lord. And so keeping the Sabbath not only was what they did, but it kept them. It was about their national identity, their religious identity, their identity as the children of God was so wrapped up and so intertwined with the Sabbath. That's why it became such a hot debate. Such a hot debate that it wasn't like, hey Jesus, we don't like what you're saying. But this was, this was a litmus test for the, for the, for the Pharisees. They, if, in other words, if Jesus didn't get this right, they didn't need to listen to him. If Jesus didn't get this right, then obviously he's not somebody that we should pay attention to. And that's what we do in this day and age, don't we? When we have debates with somebody, we find one, one um, issue that if they're not right on that issue, then we can just reject what they have to say if it's a big issue. And that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing with Jesus. They said, if he doesn't get the Sabbath right, then we don't have to listen to the rest of it. And Jesus had something to say about that. But it was such a big deal that they plotted to ki- They didn't just say, hey, I want to kill him. Like You know how you have that anger rise up within you sometimes and you just, it's just there? But it's a whole other thing to call a meeting to give place to that anger, right? Like if your kids really, really tick you off and you're like, mm, I'm so mad, and you're like, like, when, when your, your wife gets home, you're like, all right, how are we going to get rid of him?" <laughs> you understand, that, that's a big deal, right? You've crossed the line, right? That's premeditated murder. That's not just a fit of anger, that's premeditated murder. It was a huge deal. It was not so much about the rules as it was about identity. Who are you and who am I? Let's look just real quick at the original command in the law, just so we understand what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about this with the, uh, the Pharisees. In Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, we have the, the list of the Ten Commandments. And in the Ten Commandments, this is commandment number four, and here's what it says. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath Day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. Just understand this. Sometimes we think of Sabbath as our day off. But it is a day of rest that is to be dedicated unto the Lord. Now here's the thing. You can get that idea right because the Pharisees certainly had that right. It was a day of rest to cease work, but it was also a day that they thought they had dedicated unto the Lord by ceasing their work. But Jesus had something else to say to this. It says... It goes on to say, And on that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So we see historically from the law, when God is pouring out the law, On Mount Sinai to the people, and he's saying, this is how you're going to organize your life. This is how you're going to come together as a people. This is how you're going to be identified with me. Number four on the list is keep a Sabbath. Have a day to rest that's dedicated unto the Lord, so that you can worship the Lord, so you can remember who you are. It was an important deal, but it actually goes back, and the, this scripture uh, talks about this, it actually goes back to the very beginning of creation. It's, it's the, the, the Ten Commandments says God is giving this to the Jewish people. He's saying, this isn't just a new rule that I'm giving you in the law on Mount Sinai. This goes, very, goes back to the very beginning of creation. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, and so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. In other words, like as we're reading about this, understand this is about identity. This is about identi- identifying ourselves with our heavenly father who blessed the day. Isn't that interesting? He blessed the seventh day because it was a day that he created for rest. It's a day that he rested. And so understand, it really is about identity. If our Heavenly Father does this, and we're children of our Heavenly Father, how do we become children of our Heavenly Father? One of the ways we do that is through imitation. And it's as we imitate Him in the rest of a Sabbath, the rest of a seventh day, that we become like Him. But how many of you know that we can try to become like who we want to become like and totally miss it? 100%. I've shared some of this story before. When I was in 7th and 8th grade, I had a horrible sense of style. Some of you are looking at what I'm wearing right now, and you're like, hasn't changed, Pastor Josh. Hasn't changed. And one of the people that I thought was cool was MC Hammer. You know who I'm talking about? Can't touch this. Like, the Hammer pants, Kyle's got the dance going. Like he, where he'd do the dance and he like shuffle back and forth and you know the running man, that was his deal, right? Some of you are like, you know who I'm talking about? He was so cool. One of his signature items was what were called, or this is what we call them, drop crotch hammer pants. Do you remember those? They were super tight down here and they, they, the like, crotch came to here. They were super baggy up here. I don't know if they were like good for dancing or just looking fly, but I wanted, I wanted to be like MC Hammer. So I actually had a pair, a homemade pair of teal and black, houndstooth checked, MC Hammer pants. I tried so hard. I had the patent leather shoes to go with it. I wanted to imitate MC Hammer. There is nothing about me that got that right. I mean, nothing. And so how how many of you know that, that we can seek to... To be like our Heavenly Father. We can seek to emulate our Heavenly Father. And yet in in our busyness or in our own way of doing it or based on our own resources, we can miss the mark in imitating our Heavenly Father. And that's what Jesus encountered when he encountered some disciples or some Pharisees who had a really strong opinion about how you should celebrate or how you should keep or how you should make holy the Sabbath. And they came to Jesus and they complained. But Jesus is saying, listen, understand. And he even calls it out in, in chapter 12. He says, haven't you read in the scriptures? And didn't you read in the law? He's saying, listen, I want to appeal to what you, what you see. And he, but he takes it even further back to very creation. So here's what Jesus said. He said, listen, Sabbath is important. Some people would teach that Jesus abolished the Sabbath. Because he came and he is our Sabbath rest, we have nothing else to, to celebrate when it comes to the Sabbath. But I don't think that's actually true. I think Jesus came to fulfill the Sabbath and he actually celebrated the Sabbath. He honored the Sabbath by talking about what it ought to be. It was a rhythm of life that he led himself and he calls us to lead. And so he, he talks about what, what should you think about Sabbath. He says, let's talk about scripture. He said David and his companions ate the bread on Sabbath. Sorry, ate the bread so he, he's saying, listen, it's not about these rules, and that's, if you want to look it up, it's from First uh, Samuel chapter 21, where David and his men come to the priest, and they're starving, and they're, he says, do you have any bread? Do you have anything to eat? And the priest says, I don't have anything, but I'm about to switch the bread out. In other words, there was this bread that they would make, uh, these loaves of bread that they would stack up, and they would put into the tabernacle before the Lord, and no one was allowed to touch them except for the priest. And he said, we're about to take the old ones out and put the fresh ones in, and he gave David and his companions the old ones. And, and Jesus appeals to the scripture, he's saying, listen, if, if it was good enough for David, it could be good enough for us. Or Jesus says this, he said, uh, listen, you have to understand, this is, and I think it's so interesting that he says in verse, uh, chap, verse 28, chapter 11, come to me all you who are weary and have burdens and I will give you rest. And then he, then he actually demonstrates Sabbath. He actually teaches about Sabbath. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, we have an account, the same account, just in a different gospel. And Jesus said this about the Sabbath. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus has something to say about it. And I just want to go over four things really quickly this morning, very, very quickly, that Jesus thinks about Sabbath so that we can see what he has to say to us and what we can get from it. The first is this. Sabbath is not about rules, it's about rest. In fact, Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees because his disciples broke the rules. But Jesus said they're innocent. So what they, had, they, they, they did is they were walking through a field, they took some of the grain and they rubbed it in their hands, they took the grain kernels and they ate them. That was actually allowed for by law. They weren't stealing the grain. Scripture contains uh, invitations to... Uh, that say you can go into your neighbor's field and as long as you don't use a a sickle or a scythe, if you don't use a a tool, you just use your hands, you can take as much grain as you want. That's what we see in the story of Ruth and Boaz where she would come after the harvesters and she would gather the, the grain. It was a way to provide for people who were hungry. So let me just say this. Here's a practical application. Kids in your neighborhood who want to play on your lawn, as long as they don't ride their bikes on your lawn, no, I'm just kidding. That was a really bad joke. Any of you like lawn people like me? Stay off my lawn? All right, good. So that was for me, that was not for you. <laughs> Sabbath is, about, is not about rules, but it's about rest. Jesus says in chapter 11 of Matthew, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I'll give you rest. You'll find rest for your souls, he says. What does he mean by rest for your souls? Sabbath is for rest. For our entire being, for our mind, for our will, for our emotions, for our bodies. There's even this idea of a restoration in rest, where we return to what God has for us. How many of you know that if you go too many days without having a rest, your body starts to break down? You need time for your body to recover. Anybody a lifter in here, or an athlete? Anybody? If you go too many... (laughs) If you go too many days, Rodney, if you go too many days lifting, what happens? Say it. You get sore and you actually start to lose mass, right? Because your body doesn't have time to replenish itself and to rebuild. And so Jesus says listen, this Sabbath is about rest for people. You will find rest for your souls in Sabbath and also a restoration. And that's why it's so interesting that in the very next verses, he heals somebody on the Sabbath. There's a healing that goes with it. Then Jesus went over to their synagogue, verse 9 and verse 10. He noticed a man who had a deformed hand. And the Pharisees asked, Does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, If you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do on the Sabbath. Verse 13. And he said to the man, Hold out your hand. And so the man held out his hand, and it was restored just like the other ones. The Sabbath is for rest and restoration. It's for the doing of good for God's people. So the second idea is this. Sabbath is not about requirements, but it's about relationship. Jesus says again in chapter 11, come to, verse 28, Come to me, all you who are weary. Jesus is calling us to be with him. He says in verse six of chapter 12, "I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple." See, the Pharisees were so worked up about the, the excuse me, about the requirements, what they had demanded were the rules for observing Sabbath, that they missed the entire point that it was for relationship. God has built Sabbath for you and me to be able to come to him and to stop all of our regular stuff and to spend time with him. And as we spend time with him, he's also calling us to spend time with each other. We have this vertical relationship, and we have these horizontal relationships. The problem is, most of us spend all of our time thinking about horizontal relationships. And God says, listen, for you to be full, for you to be rested, for you to have the peace, and to be like your father, you need a time to just stop. And it's not to stop to sit in your lazy boy. It's not to stop... To have a day off. It's to stop and to be in relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now some of us, we're those kind of people that you're like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what the rules are. Show me what I should be doing and I'll do that. And Jesus is saying, just stop with that and make the highest priority being in relationship with me. We can't get away from the fact that Jesus says that we find rest in him. The problem is, we're really good at finding rest in other things, aren't we? How many of you, if you have 15 minutes in your day to rest, spend it scrolling Instagram or Facebook or the news? Right? We find our rest, or I just I just need to watch my show, or I just, I just need 20 minutes to read the newspaper, I just need half an hour of quiet so I can eat a meal, right? We find rest in all these other things, and yet God is saying, listen, ultimate rest is found in relationship with him. And maybe he's just simply calling us to that place. The third thing is this. Sabbath is not about regulations, but it's about rhythm. Many of us are overwhelmed by the regulations of life. Right, do this, don't do that. Be here at this time, you can leave at this time. Kids have to be here then. I need this regular rhythm for mowing my lawn. I mean, just like, uh, and sometimes rhythm helps, right? Like if you can get things on a schedule, it's just a little bit easier. But the problem is this. We get overwhelmed by the rhythms of life if we don't learn the rhythms of our Heavenly Father. And so Sabbath is not just about taking a day off every seven days, but it's about getting the heartbeat of God about learning what the rhythms of God. are. That's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking to the Pharisees. He's like, listen, you've built these, you've built these false rhythms with all of your regulations, with all of your rules. He goes, I want to tell you about the rhythms of my heavenly father. Find out what matters to the Lord. He says to them, he says this, he says, "Uh, if you knew the meaning of this scripture, I want you to show mercy and not offer sacrifices you would understand. You wouldn't have condemned my disciples. Jesus, wh- what was he saying? He's referencing an Old Testament prophetic scripture that God's saying, listen, I don't even want your sacrifices. Like stop, do you remember in the law God gave them all, the, the Jews all these regulations about how they should sacrifice and when they should sacrifice and how much the sacrifice should be? God was like, just stop that. Understand, those things are not about those regulations. It's about stopping and understanding what's on my heart. Because every one of those demonstrates the heart of God for his people and he's saying listen sabbath is for you to understand what god wants and what does god want god wants mercy he wants love so listen as we're talking about sabbath and finding rest if you're finding yourself feeling guilty stop god's saying listen if you would just take some time and set it apart i'll teach you the rhythms of my heart i'll teach you what i care about if you'll find your rest in me Your heart will start to beat with my heart. And the Sabbath will be a joy to you rather than a burden. And the fourth thing is this. Sabbath is not so much about righteousness, but about rulership. For the Pharisees, it was about right or wrong. Are you good with God or are you bad with God? Have you broke the rules or have you kept the rules? And Jesus says, stop. It's not about whether or not you're righteous. How many of you know that in Jesus we are made righteous? apart from nothing that we can do. But it's more about rulership. It's about finding out who is the Lord of your life. And if you want to get in the way, or you want to find out if the Lord is the Lord of your life, give him a seventh of your time. Time is one of our most valuable assets, is it not? It's limited, right? All of us have the very same amount of it, right? Anybody figured out a way around that? If you did, let me know. But if you want to find out if he's Lord of your life, give him a seventh of it, willfully and joyfully. Make him the ruler of your life. Jesus said it this way the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. It is a way for us to stop and find out who's in charge. During the rest of the week, we do all of our regular work. We go about our business. Now, we ought to be thinking about him and listening to him all through that time. But that that one-seventh of our time to just stop and say, this is dedicated to you, recognizes his lordship over our lives. And listen, it's not about trying harder. It's about training harder. Some of us, when we hear a message like this, or we hear a message about what God wants from us, we just... We, Resolve in ourselves to walk out and just try harder. I'm going I'm to try harder. And Jesus is saying, no, stop. How about you just train yourself? How about you just discipline yourself? You know, what, what did Yoda say? There is do and there is do not, there is no try. Sort of right. But what was he doing to Luke when he was instructing him that way? He was training him, right? Right? Jesus doesn't come to us and say, listen, there's do and do not. Sorry if you get it wrong. Forget forget you. You're in trouble with me. He comes and he says, would you learn from me? That's what he said in chapter 11. Learn from me. I'm humble and I'm gentle. I've got something to teach you. He's going to train us. And in observing the Sabbath, we become trained. More and more to look like our Heavenly Father. It's not like we get it right the very first. How many of you ever tried to rest and you just couldn't rest? We just came off a vacation. It took me about five days to wind down, right? But God in his goodness of them of every seven days that when we learn, when we train ourselves to be that way, we start to become more and more like him. If the worship team would come, we're gonna close. And what we're literally saying is, God, I'm making you the Lord of my life. You're the Lord of the Sabbath. I hope that this message isn't just like, hey, we should treat Sundays different. But I hope it sparks something in our hearts to say, maybe we're missing out on something that God has given to us that's really powerful. And as we approach this concept of rest, maybe we've brought our own ideas and mindsets to it in a way that's not helpful. But maybe God's got something more for us. And as a people, as we give ourselves to continually observe a Sabbath day of rest that's unto the Lord. Maybe, just maybe, we'll see his glory more and more in our lives. Would you stand? I want to bless you. Jesus, we thank you that Sabbath was your idea and that you are Lord of the Sabbath. And we're grateful that this idea of rest comes into conflict with our own ideas, our own plans, our own purposes, because it allows us to see that there's something on your heart for your people. Lord, you created Sabbath for us. And we're so grateful. So God, we pray this morning that you would help us to understand what it is to rest. You would help us to enter into relationship with you and with one another in a new way, that you'd help us to find a fresh rhythm for our lives. And that in all of this, God, we would not try harder, but we would recognize you as Lord and allow you to train us to become more and more like you, that our identity would be found in you. And Jesus, I pray that as we understand your ideas about Sabbath, there would be an outbreak among us of rest. There would be an outbreak among us of healing like there was around you. That there would be an outbreak among us of salvation that we would forget all of the things that we make ourselves busy with and we would find ourselves doing the things that matter to your heart, living in the rhythms of our heavenly Father. And in that, your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our lives as it is in heaven. God, we bless you because you went first, because you established Sabbath and you made it for us and you show us what it's about. God, continually bring revelation to our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, Jake's coming to close us right now. Uh, There'll be pastors and elders in the back if you want prayer. We're just so delighted that you're coming out to worship with us, and you're here to see what God wants to do. I pray that your day is full of Sabbath rest, and that you are blessed, blessed, blessed.